Well, we will get there. Great. Shortly. But first. But first, we have a podcast to record because it's Sunday. And that's what we do on Sundays. That's what we do on Sundays after Saturdays where we go to forensics. Yep. Before Mondays when we put out the podcasts that people would notice if we didn't put out. How dare you all enjoy us? (laughs) Because if they didn't, we would have taken this weekend off. But. We're here. We're here. I am still sick, though not as sick as I used to be. You're having a, just, is it just a blah day? Or? I'm just having like a bad mental health day as okay. a person. So I just like, you know, <laughs> didn't want to get out of bed, but my friends made sure I didn't lay in bed all day. And then walking here was nice. Yeah. The nice crisp air. I don't plan on doing that today. Yeah. I, you, I, if I were you, I would not leave the house at I all will, today. Yeah. I will not outside today. Good job. Thank you. Um, so let's get right to it, shall we? Jump on in. Let's talk about um, what happened this week because I was sick and literally shut off the world basically since Wednesday night. Anything exciting happen in the world? Uh, Government still running? I mean, no. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that, that, that happened. I was getting updated uh, on a podcast as I walked over here, you know, whether or not we're going to love or leave the... Uh, the the budget, you know, right, 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 and we decided to leave it. I guess. Okay. Uh, yeah, the world is pretty much the dumpster fire you would expect it to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's cool. Working out well. Any nothing else exciting happened, really? I mean, I don't know whether or not you're baiting me to say something exciting that happened because I no, can't think of anything. I literally exciting. don't know. Yeah, I have. I was sort of checked out this week myself, just wanting to avoid expelling energy into things that don't deserve my energy. Right. Cause you know, it's hard to be a person who wants to be involved in what's happening in the world around her or around them and not feel completely drained, which I know a lot of us are, we're hitting that place of fatigue, but there were a lot of really awesome women's marches yesterday. So I spent some time on Instagram last night, just scrolling through pictures from women's marches around the country. And that made me warm inside so that, I guess that happened. Okay, cool. The SAG Awards are tonight. Oh, uh, yeah. With the first time, first time with a host. Yeah. Kristen Bell. Yeah. I do enjoy her. I hope this is great listening quality for everyone. I know, right? We're really... We're really doing it. Okay. Know. Things okay. to make me enthusiastic. Yes. The Melissa's Olympic Minute. Great. Go for it. So it, this isn't actually about... Uh, oh, wait. We got to get the timer out. Yeah. I, I'm not wearing my, my watch today. Isn't that fun to have days where you just don't wear your wearable tech? Mm-mm-mm. I try to do that on Sundays. Okay, I'm ready. All right. So my Olympic thing this week is only Olympics adjacent in the fact that Bravo belongs to the NBC network of uh, channels and that Top Chef this week was Olympics themed. And so they had past Olympians uh, as guest judges on the show and they did a really cool uh, final challenge. And it was really interesting and it was heartwarming and it was a nice reminder of the what comes from the Olympics being enjoyable, which is the fact that competition also breeds camaraderie, which forensics does as well. And that was also something that I was like reminded of yesterday of like kids finally starting to see each other for like the second week in a row and building friendships and kids getting to brag about who what school their friends are from. And um, yeah. So if you need something heartwarming, even if you don't normally watch Top Chef, this past week's episode of Top Chef is a delightful uh, way to spend an hour of your time. Okay. 
and you had seven seconds to spare. Oh, good. Not bad. Thanks. So, um, you know, wasn't it also in the news this week that North Korea and South Korea are going to march together? In and the they're going to have a, yeah, they're having a, flag? they're having a joint hockey team, mm-hmm. which is really cool. So that's interesting. Is, is that, is this similar to when North and South of Sheboygan ride the bus together? Yes. Okay. We should have a, 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 a flag? combined team flag. Cool. And let's not forget Etude when Etude comes along. What's the... Which is always. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. So we'll have to work on that. All right. We'll have to work on a flag, a combined flag. Cool. Um, so... But we didn't ride the bus together yesterday. No, not this time. No. We, every we were separate while, buses. Every once in a while, we're allowed to be independent. Mostly it was just that I was so sick. I didn't meet with my team this week because it was finals. Yep. So I had genuinely no idea until late in the week who was even going to the tournament. So I couldn't have made a decision earlier in the week as to no. whether we could share or not. It just was like, eh, it's either going to be a bunch of people or not a lot of people. And then a few of them even um, at the last minute dropped out because they are f- probably feeling similar to how I am feeling. Yeah. There are a lot of you folks. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a nasty bug going around Sheboygan. Um, if I saw you at yesterday's tournament and you did not wash your hands after talking to me, um, and you start to feel a scratchy throat. I'm sorry. Cause you are about to go through it. Um, you hugged a lot. Of, part of me wanted to tell you not to hug people yesterday, but I know that you deciding to want to hug someone is a big mm-hmm, deal. So mm-hmm. I stepped off of it, but part of me wanted to like, just like whisper into all those people's ears. Like you might want to go like, right. wash your hands quick. I did my very, very best to mm-hmm. be prepped. Like, Cause like I knew those moments were coming. So like mm-hmm. I washed my hands when, once I got there mm-hmm. and like didn't cough or anything. And then like held my breath as I was hugging them. So I wasn't <laughs> breathing on them. Fair. I did my best, but really anybody within proximity of me could very well have gotten sick. So my bad. That we're on opposite sides of the table right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, but it was our because we it was our first time competing up northern at the Oshkosh North tournament. So there were a good amount of coach friends that we were seeing for the first time this season. Yeah, it's so pleasant to be able to see the Southerners last week and the Northerners this week. Mm-hmm. It was like almost a brand new crowd. Yeah, um, there were some crossovers like Denmark and Wapaka came from the north yeah. last week, and, and then Marquette came up from the south this yeah, week, along with uh, Rufus King made the trip, yeah. which was a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not notice Victor until the award ceremony and I had to confirm. I was like, Rufus King is here today? Yeah. Good for I, them. I saw him earlier in the day and I was like, oh wow, I can't believe they made the trip all the way up. But yeah, good for them. Yeah. Um, and good for those two boys from yeah, Rufus King. Yeah, they both King, did who, like, incredibly well. Like took turns winning first place. Yeah. So that you was know. nice. Fun um, little teammate trade. So we're, we've kind of already, let's talk about Oshkosh North. We went to Oshkosh North. Yes. Um, what was it like for you? It was... I, I, I judged a full day. Uh, I judged all four rounds and wow. Yeah. But a that lot does of us not did happen often. No. Uh, but it was great to, I, I did have some student. I had one student who I had already judged last weekend. I judged him again this weekend, which I felt really bad for because she was just as nervous again. And the second she saw me, she just mouthed. Oh crap. <laughs> as she sat down and I just, I wanted to apologize to her. Why but, does this person like, wait, this is somebody you know? or No, somebody- just a student who I judged for the first time last weekend and then judged again. I know that my the critique I gave her last weekend had a lot of things for her to improve about her speech because she's her topic is super interesting, mm-hmm. but they aren't necessarily approaching it in the best way. So it was full of lots of ways to like delve more into her topic. So maybe my 
critique, she came off very critical. Okay. Uh, so maybe she was just nervous about seeing me again. Again, but she her presentation was so much stronger this time. So I had a lot of nice things to say, but sure, she was still giving the exact same speech. So well. I guess maybe my critiques weren't there. But it was it was nice just to see all of our northern friends, and I got to meet more of my my south kids because I also didn't see any of my team this week because of finals. So there are students that I was seeing out for the first time, and some of them had success, which was exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the weird things is that I'm not riding the South bus that often this year because I don't have a car. And so Kurt picks me up because we live and, Jose, and you live on the North side. Yeah. I so. live on the North side. I live, uh, literally seven blocks from North high school. So it just makes like actual sense to do that. So I don't get to spend bus time with them. So it's, I just have to see them at the tournament, which I didn't get to see them very much because I judged off more rounds. Yeah. But that's something that's happened the last two weeks that I feel like I haven't gotten to see the kids at all. Yeah. Cause you're just um, working the tournament. Well, and like sometimes like I know next week when we're at Appleton East, even if I end up in the tab room, um, and I guess uh, the judges lounge to a degree as well, like they're in the same traffic areas as where the kids are, mm-hmm. you know? So you have a chance to like catch them as they're walking by Yeah, because you know, if you're in tab, they're uh, going to the cafeteria, which is right there. Um, or if you're in the judges lounge, you're on the second floor where kids are competing, like literally across the hall. Yeah. So there's much more of an opportunity to like catch them and be like, how's it going? How are things? Is everything okay? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the last two weeks I have not really, like we've been just geographically separated. Yeah. Um, so I haven't really gotten to interact with my kids until we get back to the bus. Um, and this week there was a very little bus interaction cause I was basically like, whatever you got, cool. I will care about it when I'm healthy. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it is, I promise you, I will care later, but I didn't, I just wasn't there. You should have gotten a wasn't trophy just there. for being upright. Um, thank you. Some, yeah, I should have a trophy for that. I'll work on it. Somebody should give me a trophy. (laughs) Um, so we did see, um, a difference in the award ceremony this year from last year. Yes. We went into a lot of detail last year about this award ceremony because they do choose to do it differently. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the main critiques that you had from last year about the ceremony was that the kids had to stay up on stage if they won. Mm -hmm. And then they didn't have that opportunity to like, uh, interact with their teammates and celebrate with their teammates once they got back to, uh, their little group. That was changed. It's yep. There so, was no victors or champions row. I don't remember what they called it. They are, uh, but they did have the champions all come back at the end for a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. That was yeah. I thought that was a, a nice change. It's still it's so hard, and I did it several times to not do the California clap. It's so hard not to do it. All of the critique that I gave of that part of the ceremony last year still stands true this year. So I'm not going to repeat Well, except myself. for the part that changed. Except for the part that changed. But the, but the, the lack of California clapping uh, for anyone that is not, or lack of clapping or jubilee for anyone who is not the champion, my feelings about that are the same. Okay. Don't need to repeat them. Just go back and listen to the episode from last year. Right. Um, we judge together. And then if you are a tournament host, <laughs> please. Oh yeah. That. Yeah. I totally forgot about that already. We, we judged a final round. Together, we judged a final round. Which together. we did together last year at Oshkosh North as well. We did judged we? the extent final last year with Shelly. Oh yeah. Cause it was the extent questions about, uh, football arenas and the students were wildly unprepared. Oh yeah. That was funny. Yeah. 
Okay, well, this year we got to judge some varsity pros. An eight-person varsity pros. Oh, my gosh. That was an eight-person round. It was very long. So it's and the I only had to one pee, I got like, to see. one performance in. So I thought I was going to die. Well, now you know. Now you know. Kids, make sure you take time. Use the restroom Judges, before your make round. sure you take time. Judges, too. <laughs> Use the restroom before, well, I was, your, before one, your eight-person pros final. Well, one of the reasons was because I was not pre-assigned to that round. I was set to not have to judge a final round. Uh, I was on standby, and then they pulled me out of standby to judge. Because I'm a thoughtful person who realized that, hey, if I'm on standby, I should go check the, the ballot table to see if my name got pulled. And it did, and that's the uh, round was supposed to start in two and a half minutes. Mm. So there was not much time for me. When I got my ballots, the round was supposed to start negative 10 minutes ago. <laughs> so you're So you fine. had time. But, yeah. but it, was, it was very interesting for anyone who finds things like this interesting that Kurt and I do, uh, is that we both had very different top halves of the round. Yeah. Our, our last halves were pretty close, mm-hmm. but our top half, my one was Kurt's four and his, I think your four was my three? So I, I think your wasn't your one like my six or something like maybe maybe had, maybe yeah we had your one was my four or something some we had very, very yeah yeah your one was my four okay and then my I think my one was your six so yeah. we had very different opinions very about different. them and it was it was an interesting discussion that we got to have I won't go into it too much just because right. of the the nature of forensics but yes. it was just it was interesting to talk through our different preferences and something like pros yeah it was fun agreed but. A hot hot take from Kurt Graves about tournament hosts in their award ceremony. Give it to us. Well, I was just going to say that, like, there's one detail in award ceremonies that's very important, no matter who you are or where you are hosting a tournament. The California clap? No. (laughs) It is sound amplification. So I recommend, if you are running a tournament, actually having a bit of a dry run the day before in whatever space you're doing it, just to make sure that you know how uh, that works and maybe to find out whether you need sound amplification, even if you think you don't. Most school districts, I'm willing to bet, have some sort of portable system that they can set up if you don't want to have to plug into like the main system in an auditorium. But I highly recommend making sure that you know how your sound system works before the day of. Uh, Don't depend on somebody else uh, showing up to do it just in case they don't know what they're doing. Make sure you try that stuff out because it is one of, one of the sadder things for me is when like I can't hear someone's name because the sound situation isn't good. Um, and I think partially too that adds to the length of the ceremony. If there's people questioning what just got said. Yep. And there's always those times when like the quiet, the crowd is still quieting down after getting to give their applause uh, where the MC of the ceremony needs to like get their attention and bring it back. It's why sound amplification is so important. So I highly recommend all tournament directors think about sound at the award ceremony. If it's not something that's already on your checklist, add it. Um, and also if you're using a system you've never used before, feel free to pick up that microphone I guarantee that most high schools are not using the type of microphone like the, the like, for example, yesterday, the one that uh, Mike was using was on a stand. Mike Wagner, not the microphone. Um, Mike Wagner, uh, who was pre- emceeing the award ceremony and who ran the tournament, 
Like it was just on the wrong type of stand. It should have been a boom stand so that it could be right in front of his face because it was clearly a condenser mic. There was a cone. There is a cone of sound in which it actually picks up the voice. I wish um, this microphone could pick up the sound of my eyeballs rolling. Yes. Melissa has been lectured on the cone of sound. I get in trouble once. for the cone of sound all the time. So like, but it totally would have been okay. Cause I could see it was just like a regular handheld microphone. Yeah. Like just pick it up, flip pages with the other hand, but hold that microphone right in front of your face. Yeah. Cause uh, the students couldn't really hear what categories were coming next and it's the beginning of the season. So lots of them don't understand the order Yeah, and they, their order was changed up a little bit by having novice and, uh, varsity prose and poetry. And they weren't like they, those weren't in their alphabetical order. And I guess this is even like that part of it isn't limited to tournament directors. It's really just like a life thing for anybody. Don't be afraid to just pick up the microphone. If you're singing cabaret at the bar on a Saturday night, if you are asked to give a few impromptu words and the microphone stand doesn't go high enough, just grab the mic. Grab life by the microphone. Pick it up. I don't know what, and like I'm a, a lifetime stage performer. I've used microphones for a very, very long time. I don't know what the fear factor is with that. Like, are they you feel like, expensive? Oh, well, okay. Like, so don't drop it, but like, unless you're, unless the situation calls for you to drop the mic, right? Don't ever actually do that. That should be an expression only. Okay. But don't like Audrey McDonald it. did it and I want to be everything she is in life. So Melissa, sweetie, I have some news for you. <gasps> you cannot be Audrey McDonald. There is one Audrey McDonald. No one else can be Audrey McDonald. Fine. So don't do it. And I'd be willing to bet that was a prop mic anyways. Cause you know, they had two wireless like lavaliers pinned to her hair just in case that first one didn't work. We're going to watch that video. It after was prop. It was probably a prop. We're watching this video after this. Okay. That's uh, just a great performance. Anyways, speaking of mics, there was another mic we got to see yesterday that was great. It was Mike and Deb Truss. Yay! Yay! It's so crazy. They're, they're judges on the circuit now, y'all. Welcome back, guys. And every time I saw, because I, I like in the morning, because Deb was judging for Sub South yesterday. And in the morning, she was just so excited to be filling out her critique sheets and how excited she was to judge. And then she came back and just, again, gushing about how excited she was to be judging. And it was just delightful to catch up with them and hear about how they're retiring. And mm-hmm. Deb told great stories about how she's spending her time now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't even get to stay for most of those stories, but it was, her energy was infectious. It was, well, not really. Cause I was sick. So I was basically like, so other things were no, infectious, no, no energy, no energy, but um, like, it was so great to see that energy coming from somebody who has such a history in the activity and comes back to it and still loves it. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is great. This is awesome. Yeah. Make sure if you see them, cause they'll be judging again uh, a few times throughout the season for Various folks who hire them, but make sure you ask them how they're filling their time because they are doing so in interesting and delightful ways. And some of them out of character in Mm. mental images that made me guffaw with laughter. I was cry laughing (laughs) about some of the ways that they are filling the time in their retirement. And it was just great to see them and bask in their loveliness as fangirls of theirs. Never get over it. Nope. Let's flip over the outline for what today's episode is about. It's about, we're, we're calling this the idea of thinking 
just outside of the box. Yeah. And this is based off of something that happened to me yesterday that I could not stop thinking about and could not stop talking about and talked about it with every person who would listen to me. I just bumped the microphone with my body. Hopefully you didn't hear it. <laughs> uh, so I had a speaker yesterday, an informative, who was a super delightful, engaging speaker in any other context would have been great. But she was in informative and the speech that she gave was informative about her life, but not necessarily about anything in particular. Like she was talking about um, some like medical stuff that she had gone through and like the ways that she dealt with the medical stuff. And I learned about her as a person, but like that was it. And so it was it was a creative and interesting way to approach informative, but it wasn't itself the most informative thing. And so as students are trying to compete harder to stick out within their categories, we're stepping further away from the box and not necessarily living up to what the intention of the category is. And yeah. we talked about this a special occasion, but we're seeing this in other categories now as well. Right. Which and for so me was informative yesterday. We had this conversation on the bus yesterday and I've thought about it some more overnight uh -huh. and kind of thought of like some other ways that this uh, manifests itself. Um, and so really the, the issue is that, you know, we want to reward creativity and we like it when somebody thinks outside the box, but there is a point at which I think that becomes um, hyperbolic, like, if everybody sees it and starts doing it, eventually we get so far away from the thing that it actually used to be. And I think we're in that spot. Yeah. Like we are fully outside the box. We are living outside the box. And so I think that affects students in the way that you just described, mm -hmm. um, in that there's always a challenge to be different or do something different or try something different so you can stand out because you're different. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in actually having to inform us about something in informative is an example of how this is hurting the category. Yeah. Because when you try to be different and you forget to do the thing that is actually in the name of the category, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. um, I would say a similar issue is that there are a lot of kids in demonstration that are forgetting to demonstrate something. Mm -hmm. Um and it's, it's in competition. I know I'm in conversation with one of my students about a demonstration speech and it took some, some re figuring of what uh, his topic idea was uh, with, and I had to kind of just say to him, like, I'm having trouble seeing how you're actually going to demonstrate the thing you want to demonstrate. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you actually show this thing happening? And it would just like that part of it had gotten lost and I don't blame him because if he's talking to what other people are doing in demonstration, there's a lot of like not actual things getting demonstrated. It's kind of like a cute topic idea. For me, it's it's when a student comes to me, it's asking, are you demonstrating or are you showcasing your talent? Well, that's part of it, too. But I mean, I don't want to say any specific things that I heard. I'll yeah. tell you off mic because uh -huh. I don't want to call it any students. Yeah. Um, but these are very cute ideas, but mm -hmm. they are not actual skills that even can be demonstrated or yeah. showed off. Um, so, yeah, in demonstration, you are supposed to demonstrate a skill in such a way that like your audience is learning something. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the perennial conversation about special occasion yeah. and how far away that has gotten from being an actual special occasion mm -hmm. speech. Like it's in the title, guys. We're <laughs> 
you are supposed to be giving a speech at a special occasion. And even in the final round I judged last week, there were several of them where that was just kind of like beside the point. Mm -hmm. And so we're providing this difficulty for students, but then we as coaches are also having the difficulty of wanting to bolster a student's idea and wanting to appreciate their creativity, but also not worry about them getting DQ'd or being told they're breaking the rules or being penalized within round for not being able to do it. And so it like we, those of you who've been to any of our spring or fall coaches meetings, we run, walk and crawl in circles about these sorts of things about how much we are being able to allow for creativity while also providing parameters for said creativity and Mm -hmm. the difficulty of being able to do that. And you know, you've, you've, those of you who have been in those coaches meetings, what happens for those who haven't (laughs) is that we will propose a rule change. And then before too long, like within 10, 15 minutes, um, the arguments for whether or not something is good or bad have devolved into a series of pretty out there examples of what somebody might do Mm -hmm. that could be good or bad. And that's where, again, if you've sat through those coaches meetings, like we are hurting ourselves and our productivity. If we are so worried that the creativity has gotten so out of hand that somebody might go that far, uh, afoul of, of what our rules are, or that we would need to legislate something to stop somebody from being, that far afoul mm-hmm. um, because with the influx of what I'm calling creativity in this, the context of this conversation with that much creativity, we are losing common sense. Mm-hmm. And I think the important thing to remember for everybody is there needs to be a balance. Yes. You know, like if, if this were my oratory, this would be my solution part, mm-hmm. which would be creativity is good when paired with common sense. And when you lose the common sense, that's when you stop demonstrating in demonstration. It's when you stop informing in informative. Uh, It's when your special occasion doesn't have a special occasion in it. Mm -hmm. So I I think that, you know, we need to remember that when we're in those coaches meetings, but I hope that when we're coaching our own kids and, and talking with our own kids, that those very basic questions, the common sense questions of, okay, you want to do a demonstration on this, but how are you going to show that? That question gets mm-hmm. asked. So that uh, that's for coaches. Um, and then I think the final challenge then is for judges mm-hmm. uh, because judges have to go into these rounds and they're seeing um, some kids who are doing what we would consider to be uh, traditional and well-defined pieces. Mm-hmm. Like we know what the criteria is. We know what it's supposed to look like. And then we have other kids who are doing something that would be new and different. Yeah. Um, And assuming that both things are done well, you know, that the quality of both is the same. What does a judge do? What does a judge do, Melissa? (laughs) They tend to reward those who are new and different based purely on the fact that they are new and different. I would, so, I would agree with that. And of course, saying tends to means not everybody. We no, know not everybody no. does that. But a lot of judges, especially judges who are not coaches, see something that stands out because it's different and, and, and remembers it fondly. Yes. And then students see those kids going on stage at the award ceremony and being rewarded for new and different. And then they say they go on the bus and they say, 
I want to change my spec oc to be this crazy, funny thing because the person who won is doing this crazy, funny thing. And that's what I've connected to reward now. Mm -hmm. The only way I can get rewarded for my speech is if it's crazy and different. And I don't want, because I remember when it's be nice to kids and Kurt's even wearing the shirt to remind us. And I don't want it to sound like we don't want kids to try new things. And I, and I think that we have made it very obvious throughout this podcast that we are constantly embracing the idea of change and transition and making things better. But we, we need to be figuring out a way to still be providing the, the parameters that make the playing field available for everyone to walk up to and feel like they have a shot at it. Because if you, if you're walking up and you think that special occasion has to have a special occasion, but you're in rounds with people who don't have them and they're just delivering a six minute like stand up routine, mm -hmm. then the, then that's when kids get discouraged. And so if we figure we, it, it's a complication, we, we're the first to admit that it's not an easy thing to do and it's not a task that we would be able to undertake lightly, but it's figuring out how to make sure that everyone who is walking up to the playing field understands what the rules are. Right. Sports. Sports. Playing fields. Well, and I guess part of it too is like, I don't want necessarily to legislate that either. Like, I don't want the next WFCA meeting to be full of proposals that, um, that limit creativity, you know, cause who knows what creative thing a kid yeah. might do that might really work well in the category. Um, but I do think, um, in our, our judge training and in our conversations as coaches and, uh, in the way that we coach our kids, again, we just have to have that common sense. Um, and it really, the onus I think of this falls back on the coaches, because if a kid comes to you with a really creative idea, it's our job not to squash the idea, but to give it parameters. Yes. You know? Um, and, mm -hmm. and I think that sometimes, uh, that is where not, not that I want to say there was a failure, but that's where something broke down is that, uh, if you go so far outside the box and even though it's not technically breaking a rule, um, it has to still be the thing that it is. Um, and I think the phenomenon of that probably doesn't happen with the first person who does it. Mm -mm. You know, it's not the first person who has the creative idea and does it very well and still operates within the rules of the category, but it's probably in what you described, the kid who sees that happening doesn't have the entire idea, but just sees the part of it that they don't have mm -hmm. and tries to adopt it and doesn't adopt it well. Yeah. And that's when we start to, instead of making, you know, a special occasion about a special occasion, they take the, the funny part of a speech that they liked and say, well, I just, in order to be successful, all I have to do is pick a zany mm -hmm. premise yeah, and then write a funny speech. And that's where a coach needs to come in and say, they have a zany premise, this person that, that you're competing against. Um, but what else do they have? Yeah. You know, are they operating within the parameters of the category? Um, and if so, you need to as well. So I think with most things, it, it rarely happens with the source. I think, you know, I, and again, I don't want to create rules to stop people from, from singing in prose. There, we should just be able to judge whether it's too much singing. There, and we talk about this at, at the coaches meetings a lot is that where, where people want to make rules, we can avoid making rules. If we have coach intervention for the students and the judges, like as long as coaches 
are empowered enough to be able to intervene with their students, intervene with their coaches to inform them properly of what's happening, that is how we can still have the creativity and not have to like make the rules about it. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are coaches who want to be able to have the rules so they don't have to worry about those conversations with judges or students, but that's when we're squashing the creativity. So it's just, it's, it's a moment of intervention. Like, yes, we put a lot of pressure on coaches. We have a lot of expectation for coaches, but the simple intervention is how we can solve that for now. And intervention, um, and maybe just, uh, a reminder too. Yeah. Like, I think sometimes we become numb to these things mm -hmm. and we forget that like, Oh yeah. Like we just went along with the tide of change. And I think that's one of the reasons why I could not stop talking about it yesterday because yeah. the second I realized that in, in, if it were just a speaking competition and it wasn't a category and there were no rules and it was just a girl giving a great speech, she would have done super well. But because of the fact that she wasn't necessarily within the parameters of what informative is my almost my entire areas of improvement is me telling her you're a really great speaker you have a super clean presentation you have great potential but you aren't giving me an informative speech mm -hmm. and that is sad yeah so because it's one of those things where like i never really thought about that before <laughs> also i didn't know until yesterday how the word onus was spelled and i just wanted to point that out because oh. i saw it written down in the judge's notes and then went wait what <laughs> and then had to google it in my phone to make sure that's how you actually spelled onus because it's a it's a weird looking white it's anus with an o it is kurt yep. it is we can say anus we can sure oh great i did not know that onus was anus with an o yep on and, that note. And they mean very different things. <laughs> they do. Isn't English funny? Isn't English fun? There's your forensic spaces fun fact for the day, everyone. <laughs> so um, this is one of those, uh, I think, topics that we're bringing up here on the podcast, not because like we have uh, an answer to it. No. Although, again, a dose, a good dose of common sense fixes almost everything. Um, but we are hoping to start a conversation about this. Um, we have named three categories, demo, informative, and special occasion where we see the demonstration, the inf information, and the special occasion getting lost. Um, I'm sure there are other categories. Yeah, that not, are, not just speech categories, probably. That uh, are having this uh, similar issue. Identity crises. Yeah, so we'd love to hear from you what those are, or if you just totally disagree with us, that's okay, too. You know how to get in touch with us. Yes. Listen at ForensicSpaces.com or comment on this post on our Facebook page. And maybe start dialogue in the comments because yeah. y'all like to have these dialogues in the judges lounge. So why not have it in the comments on our Facebook? Absolutely. And then also in the in the judges lounge. Yeah. Cause also because I want to overhear it. Because that's when like I would hate to like have the judges lounge just be like quiet because like oh we already had that argument online. Oh. So not like oh now we just see each other on Sunday or on Saturdays and we don't have anything to say. Yeah. So so yeah please please tell us what you think. Are you seeing this where you're at? Um, but it's, yeah, for me, it's becoming something that is a noticeable issue that we're going to have to address as a state at some point in the near future. If we keep moving so far away from, from like what a demonstration speech is supposed to be and what mm -hmm. the skills it's supposed to teach a student to have by giving it, um, and so on and so forth. Uh, and it, I bet our judges would appreciate that too, because yeah. uh, it will make their lives a little bit easier if they're seeing some, some parody in the types of pieces that are in front of them when they're judging the same category. Yeah. 
So it'd be nice. So yeah. Um, what was the best thing you saw this week? Um, oh gosh, it feels like a very long time ago. Um, how about this? The best thing that I saw yesterday was not in around. Um, I have a former student of mine, uh, Abby Wagaman, who judges for me and, uh, she was, or they were sitting at the table, uh, and they were overhearing a conversation being had by a group of, uh, judges who were not judging during the first round about gender pronouns and how they found it really confusing. They weren't sure how to approach it without being offensive. And so they being someone who, uh, identifies outside of the binary and uses they pronouns and, uh, is a representative of the LGBTQIA plus center on the UW Green Bay campus, wrote them a very nice letter explaining like what she could in writing and also like giving them her contact or their contact information to reach out, to discuss it. And uh, it was just nice to see someone find like a nice, polite way to reach out and offer the ability to inform. And it just were my heart to see them reaching out. So that was the best thing I saw was the letter that Abby wrote. Okay. Also, sorry for messing up your pronouns a few times in there, Abby. <laughs> I am working on it. <laughs> um, I will say that the best thing I saw was the piece I gave a one to that you gave a four to. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to probably say the last name wrong. It's Teddy Yee. I think so. That's what I thought too. Um, from St. Lawrence and his prose piece. Uh which I have just never seen performed before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those pieces where a lot of uh, the onus of making ah. the performance great falls on the performer because the text uh, not only doesn't help, it makes things actively confusing. Um, and I thought he handled that very well. Uh, and so in that eight person prose round, uh, he already knew I thought he was the best because he got my one. So that is the best thing I saw this week out of the eight things I saw this week. Yay for Abby and Teddy. So, all right. That's it. That's all. So a relatively short one this week. Yeah, but but we need to take some, we need some naps. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) there are couches waiting for our bodies to embrace them in our personal homes that are not the studio. Exactly. Forensic Spaces is recorded and edited in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Our theme song was written and performed by J.J. Hairmeister. If you're a fan of Forensic Spaces, give us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Find more info, including a link to purchase official Friends of the Pod merchandise at ForensicSpaces.com and connect with us on Facebook and Twitter by searching for Forensic Spaces. I'm Kurt. And I'm Melissa. Encouraging you to listen, think, and speak. Preferably in that order. Preferably in that order.